0: Fit interviews. I mean, every firm has their own technical term. This is basically whether you're a good fit for the firm. And before I um, started this podcast, I poured myself a good glass of German Riesling uh, because I do want to spend some time talking about this. I think it's a very important part of your preparation. I find that most candidates underestimate it. Most candidates fail because of it. Fit interviews, right? So in a fit interview, the firm wants to deduce if you would be able to fit into the culture, the mindset, the value system, the principles of that firm. And what I find really surprising people prepare for fit interviews without knowing the value system of the firms. So I mean, that is, that is like dating a girl, asking a girl out for, date, for a date and not knowing she doesn't eat Indian food, but booking a table at an Indian restaurant. It's the same thing, you haven't done your homework. So, I always find it very surprising when people are telling me they've prepared their fit interviews and ask them, tell me about McKinsey's value system. I don't know what it is. That's the typical response. Well, do your homework. The fit interview is testing if you fit the values of the firm. If you don't know the values, you cannot see first if you fit in and obviously prepare your answers to show you fit in. So, please, don't book a restaurant. Don't book an Indian restaurant for someone who doesn't eat Indian food. It's a very horrible experience. Trust me, I've been there. So, fit is tested in the formal fit interview. You are tested in the formal fit interview and they ask you things like, tell me about a leadership experience and so on. But as a partner, I'm testing you for your fit when you're doing the case as well. So when you fail that final case with me, you may not have failed the case. You could have failed the fit as well. Sure, I'll give you reasons about why you failed the case as well. But if I personally dislike you, I'm just not going to hire you. And I don't even have to give you a reason for that. And that's the thing you must remember about consulting firms. We're a private partnership. We don't have to give you any reasons because, frankly, we don't have shareholders who are beating down the doors for affirmative action and so on. Our job is to bring in the candidate who is lowest risk on ethics, or while they may be high risk in terms of development, they are low risk on ethics. Very important point. You are being tested at all times. Whenever you're speaking to a partner, you are being tested for fit. I don't care whether they give you a math case, they are testing you for fit at the end of the day. And fit is how you respond to pressure and so on. Typical examples for fit questions is, tell me about a time you led a team. Tell me about a time you were a team member working on a, on a project that was behind schedule. Tell me about a time you managed a conflict In a professional setting, tell me about a weakness. Talk me through your resume. Basically, anything that's not a case is a foot question. You know, I'd actually come in and I would actually my way I would do foot is I would just have a general discussion with the candidate. You know, I'd ask him how was your flight. You know, did you enjoy the food? Why did you enjoy the food? What did you watch? What do you think of the movie? Simple. You know, nothing extravagant. I'd never ask them what do they think about leadership or leadership experience. I mean, come on. With the internet today, you can memorize some answer and you know pass those questions but even with the internet you'd be shocked at how many people cannot prepare for a fit question so I'm going to give it to you straight here and tell you exactly what it's like and you notice I've been traveling a lot when I use terms like give it to you straight because I've been watching a hell of a lot of television on Emirates Airlines television if you've ever flown flown on Emirates you know they've got something like 1,200 shows to watch online and people always ask me why I talk about Emirates so much because Emirates Um, is a client I used to work for. I'm not going to talk about what work I actually did then, and that's breaking confidentiality clauses, but Emirates was a a client I, I worked for, and I've always admired that airline. But more than that, I only buy brands of companies I worked for. I know it's a bad habit, especially when you've never worked for a rental car company, and then you're not sure which one to pick. But the point is this, right? Let's get back to fit questions, right? The best way to describe a good fit response is think of reading a New York Times article. I want you to, if you haven't read a New York Times article, don't shake your head, go open it up. It's free on the internet and read an article. You notice New York Times articles have a lot of dates, places, names, peoples, and times. They name people. They name names. They name places. It's factual. 90% of a New York Times article can be fact-checked. The other 10% are the connections the reporter has put into the story between the facts, places, names, people and time. That is in essence the definition of a good fit response. It must be like a New York Times article. A lot of detail, names, places, brands, start dates, finish times, number of people you reported to, number of people you reported into. What was the problem? Why it was a problem? At the end of the day, I will think to to yourself: can 90% of what I do be fact-checked? And if the answer is yes, then you've given the right depth of information. This shouldn't be news to you. When you apply to an MBA program, you would know very clearly that they ask you to write these very fact-heavy pieces. Strip out the emotion, or if you're going to put the emotion in, put the emotion in with facts. And why do we want facts in? Well... Because people lie. That's the reality of things. I know people say, you know, I don't lie. I'm very ethical and so on. But believe me, the human nature, the reason why capitalism beat, beat socialism, well, or communism anyway, I think the French would disagree about socialism being beaten. The reason why capitalism beat communism is communism is the perfect representation of human emotion. Do whatever it takes to get ahead. So the point is consulting firms know you do this and they use the facts and the way you weave in that facts to countercheck what you are saying. Right? General approach to a fit. Question is state the context. In 2008, six months after joining Goldman Sachs, I was asked to lead a project to determine if we should implement a new IT system to reduce errors on our billing reports going to clients. Context Your role. I was the project manager. I was assigned from outside of the department. I was brought in because of my strong relationships with the uh, whatever brokers or traders. And I had 15 people reporting to me with all IT backgrounds, and I reported into the chief information officer. You see, your role is very clear. You mentioned 15 people reporting. You re- mentioned who you're reporting to. The issue here is that we have had at least 12% of our clients querying our invoices and if you look at the time between when they query the invoice and the time they eventually pay us after we fix the invoice Goldman Sachs had estimated that we are losing up to $150 million a year worth of interest accrued. So the issue was trying to fix an interest accrued problem on the um, internal side, the other issue I had here is that uh, I did not have a reputation of working on IT projects. I was not an IT person, and I did not have the support and the credibility, apparent credibility, to lead this team of to lead this team of very capable IT professionals. How you overcame it? Well, the way I overcame it was very simple. I arrived for the project at uh, 8 a.m. on Monday morning. And rather than getting the team to work together, I told them, look, we're actually going to go out for the day. I I cleared this with my manager on the Sunday and I told him that the reason I need to bond with these guys is that if I don't bond now, I'm going to have to bond with them later and that could disrupt the project. So I told them we're going to go away. I took them to a bar. I booked out a room and I said, look, this could make or break our careers. My exact words were, this could make or break our careers. You don't know me. I don't know you. I'm putting my career, I'm trusting you to support me for my career, and you are trusting me to support me, so you trusting me to support you for your career. And I think if this if trust is so important, let's learn about each other. So for the next four hours, we're gonna have a nice meal. And I want each of you to I'll start off, we're gonna talk about ourselves, what we wanna get out of this project, what are our concerns and so on, and I'm gonna document it. And that's exactly what I did. We we actually ended up spending the whole day there. For the first four hours, we just you know, it was a bit hesitant at first. But after we got there, and you know, some of the beer flowing, people started talking, and we managed to hammer out a plan. People liked the fact that I took into place their con- their views, and every morning I had a 15-minute meeting to make sure we are keeping on track for the plan. And the result was we delivered this project one month ahead of schedule, under budget by 30 percent, and Goldman Sachs actually ended up saving more than 150 million dollars. Now, do you realize? Do you see how I describe that? I actually made that up on the top of my head. Well, not really. We had a candidate with something similar for a bank, so I just took his story, which I thought was a very good story. Now, there's something called the Bowtie Model here, which is developed by Procter & Gamble. Um, what's the name of the CEO of Procter & Gamble, the military guy? Um, something with a J. Jeff. It wasn't Jeff Immelt, that's GE. I forget his name, but he was, the I think, the last GE CEO. Um, he was an ex-military guy and he had developed something called the bowtie model where he said that in any situation in life, no matter how complex it is, even if it's something like the United States and the and the and Russia debating their nuclear arsenal, everything comes down to two people who are going to sit across the table from each other and have a discussion. Everything rests on that discussion. Therefore, I want to know exactly verbatim what was said. And you know what? That's exactly the way consultants assess your fit questions. I don't really care whether you worked at Goldman Sachs, whether you led fifteen people, whether you got drunk at that dinner on at that you know holiday session on Monday and hit on the waitress. It's kind of irrelevant. What I want to know is exactly what you told them, not your interpretation. You know, people give you their interpretation where they say, "Well, you know what? I was very scared. I stood up." I put my chest out in a very forceful way. I'm not interested. That's your interpretation. Tell me exactly what you said and let me interpret it. That's called the bowtie model. It's where the mountains of egos meet. Your ego and the ego of your team. They meet in that discussion and I want to know the exact words and I will judge it. And Let me tell you something. In an interview, I'll forget everything else you said. I'll remember the the exact quotes, and that's all I'm going to assess you on. So when I te- when I tell this to people, tell me the exact words you said. It always shocks me. People never tell me the exact words. They'll give me their interpretation. I don't want your interpretation. Give it to me verbatim. Verbatim. There used to be a German brand, I think, of VCR tapes in the eighties called Verbatim. I think it was. The same thing. Exact quote. Nothing else. Exact quotes are memorable for the interviewer. They're also memorable for me as the interviewer because if you can give me an exact quote, I know you're not lying, or the odds of you lying are a lot less. Practice. You know, I've had people who send me three pages for one story, for one leadership story, three pages, and I always tell them, if you can't tell me your story in five to six bullets, if you cannot identify the most important points, what is the point of writing it out? You're just wasting time. So write out your story five to six important bullet points. Rich, think of it as a New York Times article, dates, times, places, brand names, issues and so on. Make it come alive. Do not memorize. When you memorize, I know it. When you memorize and if the interviewer, remember something. If the interviewer asks you a leadership question and you've memorized a leadership question, the interviewer can change it just a little bit where he could say, I want you to talk about leadership but I want you to to, spay, to pay special attention on the dynamics of the weaker team members. If you just memorize a leadership question and the dynamics of the weaker team members was just a footnote in your story, what will happen to your story? It will be a disaster, so don't do that. And finally, in the words of a great lawyer, who I can't remember because on that particular movie that I was watching on Emirates, I kind of fell asleep. But in the words of a great lawyer, never ask a question to which you don't know the answer to and obviously the inverse of that is know what you're going to say before you say it or ask for it. So people always start these stories and ask them, but where are you going is this? I'm not sure. I just thought it would be a good story. I'm not interested if you think it will be a good story. A story must have a morale. It must have a gist. I mean, again, I'll come to the New York Times because their writing is exceptional. they the New York Times is just one of the world's best newspapers not because of the messages they deliver which granted is liberal and if you're liberal you'll like it but the way they weave those stories together. The messaging is very clear. There's a golden thread throughout and you've got to find that golden thread. And I would absolutely encourage you to spend a lot of time on your fit. There are few people who have failed for cases. The vast majority are failed for fit. Even when you get... response on your case to say you didn't communicate well the interview is indirectly telling you you didn't communicate enough or well enough to bring about confidence which is a fit issue so people always say why do you guys drum in communication so well because at the end of the day you could be a genius but if you can't communicate well no one will know so communication is important and fit is a subset of communication oh you could argue communication is a subset of fit it's all about cause and effect i suppose at the end of the day so i'd encourage you to follow the guidance i've put forward here it's nothing complex to follow it's basic stuff that we teach to everyone but then if you follow this you'll prepare very well hopefully you've enjoyed this uh, podcast as much as i enjoyed putting it together if you have any comments do not hesitate to post a comment at the end of the podcast and i will respond thank you Bye bye